Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Uh, my name's Steve Swatton. I'm the president and CEO of K2 Gold. And we have a project in Southern California. It's located midway between Las Vegas and Los Angeles, about 300 kilometers from each, and 70 kilometers south of a town called Bishop, which is the local largest town of only... Uh, of only just north of uh, 10,000 people in the whole county. So it's 20,000 in the whole county, 10,000 in the part of Inyo that we're in. Um, the project is on the Walker Lane. It's uh, a gold project, but uh, recently we actually discovered copper as well. As a result of the drilling that we did last year, we decided to follow up with some copper uh, exploration, and we've had quite a lot of success in identifying copper in sediment-hosted but we suspect that uh, based on previous reports, it may well be fed by an intrusive, which is um, this couple of intrusives that we suspect are in the area. And we'll be putting out news in the future about this work. Brilliant. Okay. Good to have you back on, Steve. I think you were back on last uh, June, um, where we kind of got to catch up with you there then. Uh, I do want to talk about the Sarah Gordo, uh, Gordo project, named after me, yeah. uh, where... So when I understand they've 100% acquisition there. It, but before that, I just want to talk about, it, it seems to me that some of the locals are restless, right? You've had a lot of feedback from some locals, uh, so not certainly on social media, about the fact that they don't want mining in their district. They don't, they've named you guys specifically. How much of a problem is that going to be? Quite honestly, when we first went into this um, project a couple of years ago, it seemed to be um, a, a huge problem that we had to overcome. But as a result of the work that we've done with the local communities and the level of engagement, the open and transparent way that we've gone about our work, we've even set up an office there and we have an employee um, in Lone Pine. We found that the support has been greater. The actual opposition tends to be more from outside of Lone Pine, which is the local town. And the property is about a uh, 45-minute drive from here. So it's not as if we're right on the edge of the town. But um, yes, there has been some opposition. And as you probably well know, Matt, in this part of California, any part of California, there's going to be opposition to most mining situations. I mean, this was an old, don't get, get me wrong, this was an old mining district that we're dealing with here. The Tungsten Mine, north of Bishop, was uh, probably the largest tungsten mine during the Second World War. And it was largely part of the efforts of those people that uh, supported the war effort. So look, there's still people who remember those mines being operational. They were operational until the 1980s. So Inyo Counties uh, is familiar with the mining situation, but there there is a new generation of people that have moved in and there is some opposition. I'm not going to shy away from that, but we think that we now have stronger local support. And we did an economic study recently, Matt, from a group called Beacon Economics, and they are they're a they're a group which are quite highly respected within uh, California. And we basically said, okay, then we're going to do uh, an exploration project. It's probably going to last maybe up to ten years, and then subsequently to that, going to be mining. So, could you split the the actual um, benefits down into two different categories? And I was quite astounded to to realize that. During the exploration phase, which may take up to 10 years, it will be over six phases, if you like, and we're just kind of in the first phase right now, we'd, um, we'd be generating about 177 jobs. 
will be putting 150 million into the local economy. This is just from the exploration, let alone the mining. Now, of course, those numbers are a little bit wiggly depending on how things go. But this was this was Beacon Economics with some limited input from us from similar types of uh, scenarios, maybe you know something further south, um, a couple of the mines that are in uh, in uh, Nevada and a couple of them in California. They fed the numbers in, and this is what they came out. And the, one thing also to remember, Matt, is when we employ people, we tend to employ them well above the national average uh, in terms of salary. I mean, the average salary at uh, at the Castle Mountain mine is, as I understand it, the cheap, the average salary is at the north of $100,000. Now, the average salary in Lone Pine itself, I've got the numbers here, but it's around $46,000 a year. So these are high-paying jobs. Um, there's going to be some opposition towards it, but we've got to look at, is it the economic benefit to the local community? And what is the local community? Is it Lone Pine? Is it Inyo? Is it California itself? I mean, the mining industry uh, is quite a substantial part of the revenue stream for whole of California. A lot of it's extraction, you know, extraction for roadstone. But there is also a fair amount of mining that does go on. And people don't really realize this, that, you know, mining is a, a, quite a significant contributor to the economy of California. Okay, Companies come on here and they talk about ESG and that, you know, what they're doing and so forth. And we've long had the conversation about California, you know, California's potential resistance to mining. You've rebutted and gone on to me, well, look at the number of miners in California and some, you know, it's a, it's a long history of it as well. Um, you know, great, great conversation. But with things like this these days, it's with social media, the, the ability for individuals or groups to amplify their mm. rejection of mining or a specific company's uh, you know, mining efforts. How, how do you, as a small company, wor work with that? I mean, how, when you say we're, you know, we've, we've got someone employed, we're, we're working locally, we're getting a lot of sympathy, empathy, and, and, and positive feedback, you can't guarantee the outcome of this, can you? I mean, how, how, how do we know as investors that this thing's going to go forward? What's, what would you well, say unless they change the law, Matt, it will go through. Um, and, you know, at the moment, yes, things are going relatively slowly compared to other projects, but they are progressing. And just to give you a, an instance where we are with the BLM, the BLM will give us a decision as to um, the, um, the, uh, the environmental assessment in January. Then they're going to do the, um, the study themselves, a biological study, environmental study, cultural study. And then probably about Q2, we should get the things thumbs up to do the drilling. We're not exactly sure when it's going to be, but unless the law actually really changes, this thing will progress to a drilling stage. And we've applied for a 30 site program. Um, we'll probably try and drill four holes per site. And this is on the gold alone. We haven't applied for anything outside of the, the area that already has an old road on it, a BHP road, which has been, been basically blocked at one end. And all we need to go is go back in and level it again. The last program that we did was helicopter supported. But with this number of drills that we'd like to put dr drilling sites, it would not make economic sense for us to actually have it helicopter supported. Okay. So as far as you're concerned, BLM are on a process, on, on a line which 
at some point in Q2, as far as you're concerned, you get the thumbs up to start drilling. Nothing can stop that. Not that we can see. There's nothing come up. The lawyers have explained to us that there is absolutely nothing that can impede this. But it, like anything else in California, it takes time. So no, we, we're going to go ahead. We're going to be drilling this. And there will be some local opposition. And you, and quite rightly, you brought up Cerro Gordo, which is a property that we we um, took an option on uh, recently. And uh, as a result of that, yes, it spurned a lot of negativity towards the company. Um, the negativity has gone away to, um, more recently. Um, and I think it's interesting that we do invite people to comment on on every aspect of what we do. We have total transparency and a lot of letters were sent to the BLM, but it's it's nothing different than they've already seen before. So it came back with much of the same stuff. There was a certain amount of confusion whether because Conglomerate Mesa and Cerro Gorda are two, two different properties. But the, the problem was is that they kind of confused the two because not most of the people that were writing these letters had never been to site and they didn't really understand where the two properties were. So on the one hand, they're talking about Conglomerate Mesa, but are actually trying to talk about Cerro Gorda. Now, Cerro Gorda was an old uh, mining uh, situation that was uh, mined during the, uh, the early part of the 18, uh, late, late, later of the 18th century, uh, 19th century, sorry. And um, the silver mining there was actually what spurned uh, LA to become a port. And it was a pretty significant mine in its day. Um, subsequently, it's now uh, a ghost town, what they call a ghost town. And there is one individual who's living up there and he's partly living up there and he's restoring it. And we, we have utmost respect for what he's doing up there. It looks fantastic what he's trying to do. And unfortunately, there was a bit of miscommunication around our intentions and maybe the impact on, on himself. Um, so, yes, we got a lot of negativity around, um, you know, a, a YouTube channel. And uh, we took the approach that we will still be transparent about everything that we do. We're not going to shy away the fact that we are an exploration company and we're going to do exploring. But we have no intention to impact that ghost town um, experience that people are going to have. We, we merely want to go up and do exploration on on the boundaries of, of the property. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know the, I know about the individual you're talking about. He's, he's taken a particularly hard line, put it mildly. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to give that any more oxygen, quite frankly. Okay. So, um, end of Q2, you'll know more. Um, and you'll be able to tell us how you're going to proceed. Have you got the money to do it? Because obviously you've taken the option, you've done yeah. an option agreement here with Sarah Gorday. What does that mean in financial terms, timing, et cetera? Yeah, we got 3.5 million in the bank at the moment. And um, look, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, this is taking a lot longer than we anticipated to get this thing through. So we have the right to do exploration at Cerro Gordo, but not only that, Matt, we're also looking in Nevada. And um, we haven't been shy about saying this, and we've always been looking in Nevada. It's not as if it's something that we're suddenly doing. We've identified a couple of properties, which and we're now trying to negotiate for, and hopefully I'll be able to release some news on those in the future. But, you know, it, it's, it's all part and parcel of being an exploration company where you're always kind of looking to mitigate the risk somewhat of some sort of delay or, or something going on with the property. I mean, nature is nature. Sometimes you drill, you think you're going to hit, but you need other options. So we do have a property in, in the Yukon right now. 
um, that we put on with moth mothballed. It's a perfectly good property, but at the moment we decided that we're going to concentrate on Southwest US. So yeah, we're looking in other areas. It's just prudent for an exploration company to do this type of approach. Okay, so Nevada is an as well story, not an instead of. You're not walking away from California. Absolutely not. This um this project is uh, probably the best thing I've seen since I've been in the business over 30 years. And it's got so much mineralization wherever you look. Every, every program that we've done in every location is coming up. Now, where the source of the goods are, and it's not only gold, Matt, it's also copper that we're finding. We're also finding base metals as well, but it seems to be now a gold copper play that we're dealing with. So the copper's on the western side and the gold's on the eastern side. Now, I, I'm not entirely sure where the focus of all of the mineralization is going to be. That's why we drill. But it, it could be district size. I mean, the size of the property is about six kilometers by 10 kilometers. And the western side is, is, is as I say, is, it's copper, up to 13% copper we've had in, in rock samples, which is pretty high grade. And we realize that's going to be just in local bands. But where's the source of this? And we'd like to have the opportunity as an exploration company to be able to explore this property fully. And therefore, by doing that, we need to do the drilling. And these drilling programs in this part of the world do take a long time. So this is the reason why we're looking at Nevada. It's a much shorter time frame from exploration to drilling to some sort of feasibility. Is everything going to get slowed up now? Because the, the Biden big new green economy yeah. story versus the actually we don't want people mining uh, stories which are also coming out at the same time. There's this kind of disconnect between what the Biden economy seems, uh, Biden administration wants versus what it's going to allow. Does that mean mining generally is going to be less of it? Is the mining that does happen going to be slower? Are they going to jump through more hoops? Is it going to be more expensive? What's your view on US mining? Yeah, I, I think it's probably the latter. It's going to be slower. I, I think because of this um, critical minerals that they're, they're seeking right now, which copper is not on that list, but it's certainly something of interest. It's in bat battery metals, right? And it's part of the green um, the green revolution and, and, and all sorts of you know, wind power generated uh, solar panel is almost in everything. Copper, as we know, Dr. Copper, they call it, is in everything. Um, there is sufficient copper. But yeah, there's certain sites that have now been shut down by the Biden administration. So, you know, the, the impression that I have is that mining will be necessary and we still have to do it. But it, they're kind of making it harder. So on the one hand, they want self-sufficiency in, in certain met metals. But on the other hand, they're kind of saying, well, we don't want it done here. But I don't think the sort of the rubber has hit the road as to exactly how they're going to sort this out. And in the meantime, the BLM have got a very difficult um, job in that they're trying to interpret what the current administration want compared to the last one. And who knows if the administration changes in the future, it'll flip back the other way. And as as a as an exploration guy who has to deal in long term budgets, it's it's a little hard sometimes to balance this, um, you know, it flip flop approach sometimes to exploration. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty tough. No, you're not not the only one saying that. I think um, look, three and a half million bucks in the bank. You've got yeah. California. It's moving slower than you, you you want it to, but you want to get drilling. Hopefully, end of Q two, beginning of Q three. Yeah. Right. That's that that that's the target. You're part of the discovery group. You guys don't find it too hard to go and raise capital. There's some very successful companies in, in there. It makes it easy for you to do so. 
What's being said internally? Obviously, everyone's going to have the same view. It's taking way longer than we thought. Okay, that's not good. We've got a project yeah. in Yukon. We're going to look in Nevada. We've we got to be agile, nimble, and flexible here. What's, what's the feeling and tenor and tone of this? I mean, you said you're, you're, you're going to keep California, but do you go and raise more money and advance Nevada just in case? Do you pull the Yukon project out of the back, back of the drawer and get that moving too? How's that, what are you thinking? Well, it's, it's a good question because the, the two properties that we're pursuing in Nevada are quite different. One's, one's an advanced project and one's a much earlier stage. And the um, project in, uh, in Yukon, in fact, there's been a discovery made on the, on the edge of our property up there. So look, it, it, it could move. So, you know, watch this space. I'm, really, I'm re not really sure um, which way we're going to go until we're having discussions. We have a couple of the directors down in, uh, in Las Vegas right now who are talking about the deals um, uh, with the, the Nevada-based companies. Um, but uh, with this discovery being made up in the Yukon, who knows? I mean, I have the feeling that we'll get approached fairly soon and we'll have to reassess what we have up there. Okay. Look, thanks for the update. Um, and thanks for being so honest about, you know, what's going on in California. You've been, you've been nothing but honest about that. Um, this is why people talk about mitigating risk with multiple jurisdictions and multiple assets, I guess. Right. Um, you're, you, so is it just a waiting game for you? You're not plowing through cash. There's not, nowhere to spend money or allocate money at the moment for you, is there? No, I mean, we're on a bit of a go slow at the moment, waiting for a decision from the BLM. So we're, we're cutting costs and our overheads are really relatively low. So, and we still have enough money to do that drilling program at the moment. So we're keeping our powder dry. So optimistically, I have to be optimistic. I'm in the optimism game. Um, we should be drilling by Q2 and I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we're going to drill 30 sites, four, so 120 holes, four sites, and that will give us the bare bones of a, a resource to be able to go back to the market and raise more money to, to do more drilling. But, you know, I want to emphasize that the economic impact to a small community of 1,800 people in Lone Pine could be quite significant. I mean, you know, even if you, if you had five or 10 jobs, it makes a huge difference. The knock-on multiplier effect, as they call it, with all of the other sort of ancillary businesses that are attached to it. At the moment, Lone Pine is a place that people either go to uh, enjoy their recreation, um, but it tends to be a place that they stop off on the way to somewhere else. I'm pretty sure that the people in Lone Pine would like to have them stop in there to, to actually, you know, if the, if the economy is improved, they can then bring in other businesses locally, and uh, yeah, we. I feel like we do have the support of of um, influential people in in Lone Pine. So I, I'm quietly optimistic that this will come through. It's just that, as you know, investors have pretty short patience sometimes, and uh, they've been patient enough up until now. But they may have to just wait a little bit longer. But I'm optimistic that we will prevail. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.